0: Welcome to Predator Minute, the podcast where we break down the 1987 action sci-fi classic Predator, one minute at a time. I'm John Zabriskie. And I am Jeff Glover. And today on Predator Minute, we're talking Minute 86. You could call Minute 86 the Heinz Ward of minutes. We've had a
1: lot of fantasy football all-stars recently. Yeah. Yeah. There's another one. Heinz Ward. Yeah. Didn't we all have him as one of our wide
0: receivers? You know who else had him? And I'm going to have to look this up really quick. I'm just now remembering. (laughs) He played for, what was the team name? In the Dark Knight Rises, if you remember, uh, the um, home football team uh, at the stadium has a yellow and black color scheme.
1: Uh, Do you
0: remember Dark Knight Rises?
1: I have seen it. (laughs) <laughs> I'm a, I'm a much bigger fan of The Dark Knight. I've seen yeah. The Dark Knight like a million times. Uh, I've, I think I've only seen The Dark Knight Rises from beginning to end once. Oh, okay, yeah. So I don't really remember that part.
0: Yeah, that's. I'm in the same boat. I've seen Batman Begins and The Dark Knight many, many times, including both in theater um, mm-hmm. a couple times and Dark Knight Rises once. It just felt like such a long, drawn out movie to me. Yet it had like such high praise. I think. Following on the coattails of the Dark Knight, I think people bumped it up because of that. I don't know sequelitis.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed it. I remember enjoying it, but it it did feel bloated to me, like it was overly long. Um, it's just hard to top, like the performance of uh, Heath Ledger as the Joker. You know, yeah, It's that you know he just like makes that movie so great. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, anyway, how what, what's Heinz Ward's
0: uh, connection there? He is playing for uh, the Gotham Knights, hmm. uh, Gotham City football team, <laughs> as you do are in the uh, yellow and black, just like with the Steelers. Hmm. Um, and at that moment where there's a kickoff, I believe, I'm watching the scene now, um, Heinz Ward receives the kickoff and then the terrorist Bane... Oh, burn! Big, big football fan. Oh, really? Oh, go Knights! <laughs> uh, he detonates a bomb under the stadium, and then as Hines Ward is running in the touchdown kickoff return, <laughs> just the whole football field, the grass, the pitch is falling behind him, and he still scores the touchdown. Turns around and sees the stadium is in ruins. But he's also wearing number eighty-six there, so give him a special shout out.
1: Mm. Yeah. Well. As a Seahawks fan, I'm obligated to hate the Steelers. Yeah. Because they beat us in the, our very first Super Bowl appearance back in the early 2000s. Um, so I might have to rewatch that movie just to watch Heinz Ward get uh, sucked down into the <laughs> explosion.
0: I don't think he's quite sucked down, but a yeah. great many other football players are
1: behind him. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure, Heinz, I'm sure you're a very nice person.
0: Yeah. <laughs> great first name, Heinz. Love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of other names, Buck Buchanan wore 86. Wait, did I already say Buck Buchanan before? No. I don't know who that I have is. Anto- for some reason, I have Antonio Brown on here. Did Antonio Brown change numbers? Oh, man. So sorry. Is he not 86? He's- well, Antonio Brown is famously 84, He's unless 84. maybe he wore 86. No, he didn't wear 86 for anybody else. Let me just check my... Do not want. No, you're right here. NFL. I don't want the NFL coming after me. Okay, yeah. Buck Cannon <laughs> did wear. I don't know why I have Antonio Brown on there. Roger Goodell is okay. going to cancel Predator Minute podcast. <laughs> oh no! I'll Still have the football season, but yeah, um, yeah. Mac Hake and Mac Collins. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So others to wear the number eighty-six. Uh, is Buck Buchanan, Hall of Famer. I don't know much about him because it's been like a week since I did this research. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> also you have a couple different Mac names. Mac! 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 Mac Hake and Mac, Mac Collins. Nice.
1: I don't know who either of those are, but uh, I'm glad they make our list with the first name
0: of Mac! 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 Mac Mac. And Mac Hake, his first name is spelled M-A-C, like the titular Mac. Mac. Perfect. Yeah, get the M-A-C-K out of here. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) it sounds like you're swearing there. (laughs) Get the M-A-C-K out of there. Get the Mac out of here. Get the Mac out of here. (laughs) Shut the Mac up. (laughs) Uh, Okay, let's talk about minute 86 of Predator now. I have to update this because I didn't yet. Minute 86 of Predator opens with Dutch staring off into the distance after he's rubbed his face and body with mud. And it ends with the Predator heating up his wrist blades with three lasers.
1: Hmm. And in between those two things, we get one of the more famous scenes in this movie. Yes. Yeah, which we will get to here in just a moment. So I will start with the first part of the minute. We broke this down into two pieces. The first part runs... From about uh, zero to second 39 of this minute, we carry over from last minute. Dutch is finishing his muddy face paint. We then cut to Dutch looking up at the moon, kind of a cool uh, little shot up at the starry night sky with the full moon. Cut back to Dutch lighting some matches, then lights a torch, then he gives out a primal scream or yell. Ah! perfect thanks as the camera uh, i've never heard this term axiom cuts uh, further and further revealing dutch's location uh, out on the giant fake log end nice. of first part All thank right. you after he is painting his, his muddy face we should talk about this little shot up at the sky we get this little moon shot mhm moon moonbeam moonbeam
0: moonbeam
1: um you mentioned that uh this looks uh, extremely fake this shot yes yeah um i would agree um i also love it for some reason (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's uh i don't know why i love these kinds of shots in movies from the 80s that are clearly kind of composed like superimposed together like the waterfall looks like a gif and yeah. the the moon looks like it's been superimposed into the sky. Yep. Um, yeah. What do you think
0: is going on here? Uh, I have to agree. Um, I think there's a lot of fakeness going on. It, uh when you mentioned like you love these kind of shots, I was immediately thinking of werewolf movies where you really need to establish the werewolf <laughs> is about to turn into a werewolf, like the actual warf, wolf version instead of a human. So you have to establish that the full moon is out and that's I'm assuming what they're doing here, but the way they do it is a little bit funky, which and it's a callback for me personally uh, to the, when we first saw the giant log with Billy and Anna on it and Dutch standing on it. And you could see the kind of the water effects under it, which look kind of jiffy kind of look a little superimposed and the same things here. Like if you look at that moon hard enough during these, whatever, three seconds, it sure looks like the moon is filmed by a different camera than like the forest canopy.
1: Yeah, if you look at the moon carefully, it it vibrates slightly. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's not uh, part of that real shot. And uh, but yeah, like I said, I for some reason I just love it. It reminds me of like matte painting shots in uh, old older movies, and uh, there's something I find kind of endearing about it. I don't know. Yeah, I
0: like that too. Yeah, um, I'd say a couple other giveaways. One, the canopy of those trees uh, look like they've been kind of uh, outlined in like a thin black sharpie. I don't know if you noticed that, but like <laughs> yeah. the canopy looks like it's like wearing dark mascara up against the night sky. <laughs> uh, and another thing is the moon has kind of like this fog or clouds in front of it, like kind of like a little mask of clouds or something like that or vapor and like nothing else in the sky is moving. So it kind of gives a weird imagery to the moon itself
1: yeah you mentioned the werewolf movies there is always that establishing shot of the full moon with some clouds kind of drifting in front of it and Mm -hmm. uh that's exactly what it looks like here
0: Mm -hmm. it's like we're watching
1: silver bullet or maybe the howling mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or wolf (laughs) wolf
0: (laughs) wasn't that jack nicholson
1: yeah yeah Yeah. that was a strange role for him yeah that's another one i saw once back in the 90s (sighs) (laughs) Don't remember anything about it. (laughs) I remember Jack Nicholson turning into a wolf. That's about it.
0: Yeah, that's about it.
1: So um, after their little establishing shot of the moon, uh, we come to the torch and and the yell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, this is another kind of uh, iconic scene from this film, uh, full of iconic scenes, but this is a, this is a fun one. Uh, he's he lights his torch on fire and you see him standing in a very kind of statuesque pose. He's mm-hmm, kind of yeah. got yeah, like one knee down, the other knee's up. His hand, his left hand is on that left knee and he sort of ceremoniously raises his torch up into the sky and lets out a huge primal is the best way to describe it scream yell out
0: into the, uh, nighttime. Mm -hmm. Do
1: you like this? Uh, the inclusion of this in the movie?
0: Um, I think I know how you feel, uh, but I, I like it because it's, it's further showing Dutch descending into this primal mode, uh, he started it a long time ago, actually, when they made the first trap, uh, the nothing but net trap out of just natural materials. And then he made his bow and arrows out of natural materials. And then, of course, adding his own black powder explosives. And then he's rubbing the mud on his body to be camouflage from the Predator. Camouflage. Camouflage. With <laughs> the smoke. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and now this is just one step further. I I, 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 I hold my breath in anticipation to see what that next thing he does to go primal. Like maybe he starts feasting on some wildlife or something like that. I'm really excited to see where this is going to go with this yell, this kind of challenging scream for nine seconds. I timed it nine seconds. I don't know if you've ever screamed that loud for nine seconds or even like if you can do that for like three seconds. I think that's a lot of lung power.
1: I did not realize it was that long, but yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm kind of scrolling back at it right now. I do not dislike the inclusion of it in the movie. Uh, but I was, I, I have to admit that every time I see it, it does make me chuckle because it's so, I don't know, beastly. Uh, it's so like masculine sort of primal man um, that mm-hmm. it kind of, kind of makes me giggle every time, but it, it's kind of fun in that it signals the, the start of their face off. It's, mm-hmm. it's, we really know that uh, whatever's going to happen next, uh, he's all ready to go. And we're going to find out the Predator here is getting ready to go. And and uh, the only there's only one thing that can happen next, which is the showdown. So mm-hmm.
0: it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. And um, I'd love to talk some other examples of this impressive roar he gives. Mm-hmm. Um, what did I call it? I think it's just called the Warrior Scream. On TV tropes I looked Hmm. up some of those And just like some other ones Came from memory Um, So yeah That warrior scream To to challenge To um, start a fight Or to Yeah I guess Those two things (laughs) I had a couple That came to mind When you were
1: When you were mentioning that Um, The one uh, That popped in my head Right away Was uh, Mel Gibson And Braveheart
0: That they may take our lives But they'll never take Our freedom
1: Mm-hmm. Kind mm-hmm. of like, he's sort of like his whole, they can take our lives, but they can't take our freedom.
0: That's right. That's kind of his rallying cry, his his primal yell to get everyone going. Uh, let's see, some other ones I threw on here were Han Solo when he's chasing the stormtroopers in A New Hope in the Death Star. He's like, just going, he's chasing them down. Then all of a sudden he comes to a, a dead end where there's, they're all waiting for him. And then he runs back kind of comically yelling. A different pitch, a different tone. <laughs> like, no, that was a bad idea. Um, how about
1: uh, Shatner in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan?
0: Khan! Khan? Khan! Does he go and fight Khan after that? I don't I, know that movie
1: that well. I don't, I can't remember either. It's been a long time since I've seen uh, Wrath of Khan, but it just came to my mind as a, a, a yell, so. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Someone can... Okay. Uh, can chime in in the palapa if uh, that it does seem like a, a rallying cry to, to get his revenge or whatnot. Yes. Right? Yeah.
0: Yes. And maybe that's Dutch's purpose here too, is he's, he's doing a little cry for revenge. Yeah. yeah. Rah, not just survival, but also hmm. helping all his buddies who fell. You got a couple more. Uh yeah, I have a few. Uh, Zena, of course. Before any fight and during any fight, she always gave like this <laughs> before she threw the chakra around. Mm. Um, uh, GI Joe the movie, uh, one of my faves as a kid. Uh, that's like I think nineteen eighty six or eighty seven, something like that. Yeah. Uh, that's like where Serpentor learns about the origins of Cobra, being like this kind of Paleolithic founding of a uh, whatever organization or society and then anyway, there's a lot of like weird stuff that happens in that movie and one of the weird things is that they change the cobra yell uh to this cobra la 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 cobra la 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 Oh wow <laughs> yeah it's crazy did you ever see that movie? Oh probably uh yeah.
1: probably I, I do kind of remember watching it as a kid. I have not seen it probably since I was eight years old so I couldn't tell Mm. you anything about
0: it. That was like a uh, VHS regular rental for me at Gemini Mm. video in Tennessee. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Anything else? Um, Oh, I would say the one played for laughs that I like here is Jack Burton when he fires the gun above his head right before like this last huge team battle happens between – His guys and Lopan's guys, he's like, run! And he shoots the gun up in the air and then like all the rocks fall from the ceiling and knock him out for a majority of the fight. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That's a great scene. Nice call. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But there's some other uh, yells in this movie, not necessarily warrior screams though. Uh, We had Hawkins' death cry when he's slashed by the Predator. It's kind of like a... You had... The Predator, when he's self-medicating his wound, uh, he gives a big old roar. Uh, Ponchitos, hit by the log, he gives like a, Ugh! Oh, yeah. Uh, Dylan, a couple times when he loses his arm first and he's still firing the gun. And then later when he's, uh, shortly after that, uh, he's stabbed in the gut and gives a death cry. Dylan. Dylan. Dylan! Has a, Dylan! Dylan! He had a, he had a tough death. Yeah. Boy, his kill he, scene was rough. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding And then uh, lastly of course Billy Gives a death yell those, ah! In the oh. distance that we don't really see Yep yep good call So lots of roars this is a roaring team And Dutch is just maybe throwing one to his homies Like this one's for you guys ah! Yeah the revenge wo- roar yeah. yeah Yeah I like it uh, I right, mentioned kind of- this Oh sorry go ahead you're coming right. around on the I'm Coming around on the roar that's all I was going to say <laughs> nice. uh, the camera method, I think, is called the Axiom Cut, where it's initially focused in on an individual, and then, well, it can go either way. You can either kind of zoom out or you can zoom in, but this is not like a pan in. It's not a camera moving closer. It's simply a camera from further back showing the exact same thing but at a wider angle. So you see more of Dutch's surroundings and this happens three different times as it zooms away from Dutch to really give us a sense of scale. Like maybe it's to put him in the location. So we know where he's going to fight for the rest of the movie. Uh, Maybe it's to just, I don't really know, show a sense of scale of like kind of how small he is compared to his surroundings, but it does zoom right out for some kind of effect. One, two, three.
1: Yeah, I think it's there to give a little geography just to mm-hmm. show that kind of where he is. He's kind of right on the edge of this little little water, uh, little lake or part of the river there. And uh, just to also kind of illustrate how far and deep his roar is, is traveling through the jungle. Mm-hmm. And we get kind of a sense that it's the loudest thing happening right there. And it's echoing all through this canyon that he's in. And, uh, and I think that's why we get then the quick cut to the predator who
0: pops his head up because uh, he mm. can hear this roar. Yeah, it kind of awakens him from whatever daydream he was having about skulls and rubbing skulls and kissing skulls and making them do little yeah. plays and stuff.
1: Delicately stroking his finger across the skull's <laughs> brow.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I love this one. Oh, last thing. Do you think Dutch maybe should have made at least one more trap? I mean, just, just to be safe, just to be... On the safe side of things. Like, he makes the one really good trap, I think, but like, maybe just throw, like, kind of, I don't know, a deadfall trap or something else, because, like, clearly he's ready when he's ready. He's roaring, he's ready, the predator's not interrupting him.
1: Yeah, I feel like the trap he made was like one of the more difficult and intricate traps he could have made. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think a, a deadfall trap, as you called it, it, would that be like making a hole in the ground or a pit and covering it with uh, some fronds and then trying to lure the predator
0: into that, that hole or something? Fronds and fronds. <laughs> Uh, uh, no, a deadfall is simply where you just try to make a trap that just crushes whatever you're uh, hunting. So well, could, the trap I, I
1: just described would probably have been easier to make. And also yes, that too. a deadfall <laughs> trap would have been easier to make. Instead, he did some sort of complicated like counterweight that lifts the predator up into some spikes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, points for creativity and, and uh, engineering. But um, I, I am surprised he didn't go with a couple... Simpler traps rather than one very complicated trap.
0: All right, well, maybe he knew Home Alone was coming in a, <laughs> what three years and he didn't want to like steal all of Kevin's under. Kevin!
1: Kevin! Kevin! Look what you did, you little jerk! <laughs> Look what you, you did, you little jerk!
0: <laughs> when I put that in a couple episodes ago, I bleeped out the jerk part, so it sounds like something much worse. I think that, that was your suggestion. Like I think it might be meaning something much worse, much yeah. less yeah. PG. Look On what YouTube. you did, you little d- <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. Jerk.
0: Okay. All right. Anything else for this section? Nope. I agree with everything you said. Next part. <laughs> Perfect. Predator <laughs> <laughs> minute.
1: To the second part. Uh, <laughs> the this second runs part from uh, this runs from second thirty nine till the end of the minute. We, as we just mentioned, we get the loud scream, and as the shot cuts out, cuts out, cuts out to the wide shot of Arnold uh, or Dutch. Uh, we cut quickly to the predator whose head kind of snaps to his right. Um,
0: snap. Snap. Snap.
1: And he's kind of enshrouded in the mist and is hearing Dutch's scream. Uh, the predator then looks down at his wrist blades and fires up his little three laser sight on his other hand and points the lasers at his wrist blades uh, until the blades start glowing red. Mm-hmm. And that brings our minute to an end.
0: So it, it seems like maybe a simple shot at first, but for one, this is all a one or this last 21 seconds is all one single shot, one single take, whatever, one single shot. Hmm. Um, but there's a lot happening here. I mean, you have the combination of uh, visual effects. And then as I understand it, the visual effects are what happens like during the shot. And then the optical effects, which are added later. Uh, plus you have the ramp down from like normal speed to slower motion. Hmm. And then you have that fog going throughout too. It's, it's, it's a really good shot, even though we don't really, we're discussing this before the recording. We don't really know the purpose of, um, aiming lasers at your wrist blades.
1: Yeah, you're right. I didn't really think about all the elements going into play here, but you're right. Like we've got the costume design, You've got the the laser special effects. You've got the the fog that's kind of floating through the shot, and they do slow it down, don't they? To kind of mm-hmm. a slightly slow motion, uh, and then you it's an after effect. But then you get the effect of the the blades glowing red, which mm-hmm. you can tell is is added in afterwards as a special effect. Um, mm-hmm. A cool little shot. But you're right. We were discussing this. Um, this never. Pays off, like we don't see the predator later with like glowing red blades. Um, Mm -hmm. and I don't really know the purpose of him doing this. What do you
0: think? I, uh, I agree with you. I went to the AVP Galaxy forums to ask, not ask about that, to search the question, and there was a great deal of discussion about what it's meant to do. Uh, some people thought that it was meant to help him sharpen it, which I assume he's doing later then, hmm. I don't really know. We don't see that and we don't have any kind of uh, hint that that's what he's doing with it. Uh, heating it up generally would make this steel, If it was steel or whatever it is, tends to make a metal a little bit weaker, a little bit more malleable. So I don't know why he would do that. Um, you mentioned maybe <laughs> funnily enough, sterilizing them. <laughs> like yeah. he, he doesn't want to give him an infection. He doesn't want to, you know, cause Dutch to be sick from this, slash blade no he wants his uh
1: his murderous stab to be clean and fair and Mm -hmm. to have no infections given to the body (laughs) right (laughs) just bodies just bodies just bodies Um, so
0: i i yeah and this doesn't
1: pay off like we don't see this come back around later right i don't recall this ever coming up right right
0: dutch isn't like there's a scene later where Dutch's neck comes in very close contact with the blades, but it's not like Dutch is like, ooh, those are hot. (laughs) Ah, hot blades.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I get those away from my neck.
0: (laughs) Oh, that stings. (laughs) It's gonna need some ice. (laughs) Pass the weed, let's take some knife hits. Jungle mm, boogie. <laughs> uh, but um, in, in the script, now in the script, it's a, it's told a little bit differently. So if you don't mind, I'd love to read from the script.
1: Yeah, I found this pretty interesting. Yeah. So what did that original script
0: uh, describe here? Well, I'm just <laughs> going to read off and then maybe give a better summary because it's been a while since I read this. It's been a while. It's been a while. The hunter's head and three quarter profile, his eyes gleaming, rears into view, looking up at the sky as if he has heard Methene's cry. Responding with a low hiss, he turns back, raising in one hand his weapon and the other a U-shaped sharpening device, holding the blue and green stones on either side. As he passes the weapon through the device, the stones flash into life, a deep harmonic hum emitted, emitted as the blade glows with energy growing hotter, hotter, and hotter with each stroke. Draws the blade, now white hot, through the device for the last stroke. So he is clearly sharpening. His blades, he lifts it, testing its balance, moving it gracefully, almost ritualistically. It could be an art object backlit by the moon. Suddenly, in the instant before the hunter's hand moves, the edge of the weapon glows as if energized. He hurls the weapon, which streaks across the clearing with blinding speed, cutting through two banana stalks before embedding itself with a loud thunk into the bark of a tree. Clearly, he is sharpening using these kind of uh, glowy sci-fi stones. Yeah. Well, that indicates then that he,
1: it is, at least in the original script, it was a, uh, some sort of sharpening technique. Um mm-hmm. And the, what you described there reminds me of when Dutch is building his, um his bow and arrow and he shoots mm-hmm. that arrow right into the tree and it miraculously goes right into the tree. And it, the predator is doing the same thing here with his, um, his uh, kind of uh, blade weapons that he throws across the jungle and they thunk into the bark of a tree. So maybe the original thought was you kind of get that juxtaposition, the comparison of those two different weapons. Um, Mm -hmm. One very primitive and one very um, futuristic.
0: Is that right? But in the original script, didn't we talk about how the uh, writers did not put the bow and arrow or is it the trap? Oh, Oh no, they had the bow and arrow. Yeah. In the script, they did not have, uh, the trap that he built. John McCommentary added the, uh, out of the trap later. Oh,
1: thank God. My thesis still holds true. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, so it's, it's, it's kind of like they took just a small little piece of the original script and put it in here, but it didn't, it's not really showing to be sharper. Um, I don't know. I think the coolest part, not necessarily the glowing blades. I think the coolest part for me, for some reason is the slowdown because mm-hmm. in an action movie and horror movies, if you have that slowdown that all of a sudden screams to the viewer, look at me, like this is important. Something scary is happening or intense is happening.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I'm going to double down on my little, uh, thesis there. I, I do think the comparison still works where you have Dutch building traps and weapons from things he can find in the jungle, very primitive. Mm-hmm. And you cut to the predator who has laser sighting and these metal blades that he's heating up. And I think we're just to see that um, as you know Dutch gets prepared for this battle, it looks very different than how the predator is getting prepared for the battle and their weaponry. It's going to be a clash of kind of modern futuristic, if you will, weaponry Mm -hmm. versus what Dutch can put together in the jungle.
0: Sure, like one of them is adapting and the other is just not. The other is staying with the high-tech tools.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a a hunter with a a modern rifle battling some animal with no... No weapons in the in the forest.
0: <laughs> right. An elephant who can build traps and right. a bow and arrow. Oh, that would be awesome. I'd love to see that. Yeah, that'd be great. I'd watch that oh. hunting. <laughs> <laughs> Elephants, the most dangerous game. Um that's uh so interesting detail here um is that the predator is using this triple laser sight. When we've seen the predator use the triple laser sight before to aim his shoulder cannon it's come from his helmet mm-hmm. like it's it seems to have come like directly from his helmet like like you know below the cheek or like next to the eye or something like that it's it's interesting that he has maybe a secondary laser sight it's it's kind of confusing because the thing he has in his hand here as the laser sight looks kind of like a bigger device almost like a you know a, a headlight from a bike
1: yeah you're right i didn't think about that but yeah that was like a a thing that he attached to his shoulder. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm pretty sure that in this shot, it's his hand holding it. Um, So you wonder if it's kind of a detachable, um, you know, weapon or device that he can just take off and then use Um, for a minute. When you said that, I thought maybe that we had interpreted this wrong and he wasn't holding it in his hand. And it really was his little shoulder cannon doing all this work but when i'm looking at it right now i think it is supposed to be his hand pretty clearly okay. you can see kind of fingers there
0: right Over. it's yes yeah, it's, it's clearly not his helmet yeah so yeah,
1: yeah. hmm interesting yeah so maybe yeah. his uh his little shoulder cannon there is more versatile than we than we thought
0: i wonder what it, well, i wonder what other uses a triple laser sight would have it seemingly Helps heat up things, which is kind of confusing to me when I was thinking about it. If you if he was aiming that at Mac's head earlier, right? Like Mac would feel that on his arm. If that thing can heat up metal in a few seconds (laughs) (laughs) to what looks like a very hot temperature, then someone's gonna feel it on their skin. Like Mac's gonna be like, ooh, don't do that. That burns.
1: (laughs) I think maybe when he he bought this device down at Discount Bob's Predator Weapons Emporium. Mm. Uh, He he purchased the shoulder cannon and uh, the guy threw in a a detachable triple laser head, um, you know, just to uh, sweeten the deal.
0: Right. Like these aftermarket lasers that you would play with in college, right? Like you'd buy them from overseas. It's like, clearly this can't be legal. Like I can (laughs) hit something like a couple miles away across Bellingham Bay. Not that I'm <laughs> citing a specific source, but you could hypothetically and scare all the seagulls and stuff. And was, <laughs> Hypothetically. <it's>, hypothetically. That's <laughs> crazy.
1: All right. Well, um, I think I am uh, spent out on this section. Do you have anything else to add? Uh, last
0: thing, I like the sound design here. As he sharpens mm-hmm. his wrist blades, it sounds otherworldly. It sounds flying saucery. This. <laughs>
1: It it's a, it's a cool down down sound down. effect. Yeah, it's kind of like wah, 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 bong, like sort of metallic uh, and sort of futuristic. That's cool. Yeah,
0: yeah. Maybe it, this is just an excuse to just show the predator doing sci-fi stuff. Like, remember, this is like your thesis is saying now, Jeff. You have the the guy descending more and more into primal fighting and you have the high tech and we're going to see how it goes like a slobs versus snobs kind of deal. Yeah. It's basically Rocky four, right? Like yes, Rocky's
1: working out with logs and, and snow and, and then, uh, uh, shit. I just blanked on, uh, Dolph Lundgren, uh, is Drago. Yeah. Drago. Thank you. Yeah. Drago's working out with high tech equipment and, uh, yeah,
0: you know, you got the primal versus the futuristic. Mm. Nice. You're really, really tying this all together because as we know, the origin of predator that were one of the many origins that people uh, kick around as, as starting this whole movie uh, as a script is people wondering, well, Rocky's fought everyone on earth. What if Rocky fought an alien? Right. Right. And there's right a, a quick ramp up from that idea to, to this to Arnold fighting the alien. Uh, but that, uh, that link will always be there. It always comes so, back to Rocky. It always comes back to Rocky. Hey, we did it. <laughs> I did it. I can't remember. <laughs> Yo, Adrian! I did it! Oh, and then all the jungle animals will have to start cheering on <laughs> Dutch halfway through the fight. Dutch, yeah. Dutch, Dutch. There's
1: another good yell in in Rocky. one.
0: Adrian! Yeah. Adrian. Yo, Adrian! A little bit of a different say, type of yell, but. Cool. So I am, spent on Minute 86. So, Jeff, what do you have to recommend to the
1: listeners? Ah, Alright, so Weekly Recommends. uh, I'm going to recommend a movie that at the time of this recording just recently dropped onto Netflix. This is the new uh, Spike Lee joint called The Five Bloods which is um, about uh, five uh, Vietnam veterans that travel back to Vietnam. There, all five of them are black uh, Vietnam veterans that spent a lot of time on the front lines. And they head back to Vietnam to try to find um, a box of gold bars that they discovered there and buried to one day later come back and try to reclaim. Um, hmm. And it's, uh, it's great. It's in classic... Um, in tip, or I should say, in typical Spike Lee mode, he um, writes this movie from a, a Black American perspective that um, feels very, very uh, prescient right now. And uh, even though this movie was was filmed uh, pro- probably over a year ago, um, the the ideas and the the concepts explored um, feel very, very at, of this moment. So. Watching it right now is very interesting. Um, on top of that, it's just an extremely well-made film. Um, I think it's going to go down in history as one of Spike Lee's best movies. Um, hmm. And if you have a Netflix subscription, you can watch
0: it right now. So I uh, highly recommend checking out The Five Bloods. And they're back in Vietnam. So does that mean, are, are there, did you notice any kind of like predator-like moments when you're watching oh. it? Mm, There is a lot of, uh,
1: uh, you know, marching through the jungle as a team. So, so Mm. yeah, some parallels there. All right, jungle team. Although no one is uh, stalking them or, um, you know, killing them one by one. (laughs) That's all right. That's all right. Does someone wield like a a giant machine gun at any point? No giant machine gun, but there is some great uh, gunfire and uh, some some good action sequences involving... Uh, guns and, and gunplay so um, okay. it's a it's a cool movie that combines a lot of really good dialogue and conversations and character building there's kind of flashbacks to when they were first in Vietnam and then it flashes back forward to the present when they're in Vietnam and uh, you get some good kind of war action sequences as well um, it's just uh, it's it's very very well done so I can't recommend it enough
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you. The Five Bloods. The Five Bloods. The Five Bloods. Cool. cool. Uh, So I'll give you a choice. Would you rather hear a recommendation on YouTube fitness or a movie? Uh, Well, we all know that I don't
1: exercise I don't exercise <laughs> I don't exercise <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I would go movie but uh, you know you do you uh, you can also recommend both there's no rules here
0: yeah I, I typically try to keep it to one that way I have something to recommend next time it's <laughs> so, all right I'll do the movie this time and okay if I have nothing else I recommend the YouTube fitness next week but uh, I watched I can't say I rewatched because I don't think I ever watched this in the first place I watched the sequel to escape from New York escape from LA ah yes I rather enjoyed it it was on Amazon Prime I searched John Carpenter um, because I think his movies came up when I also searched the S. Craig Zahler uh, movies Mm -hmm. and I was telling you I watched um, Cellblock, well, Brawl in Block 99, yes. one of your prior recommendations, and then for whatever reason John Carpenter movies pop up in relation to those. I don't know why, but they do. Uh, so I end up watching Escape from L.A., and I know Eric Deutsch is not a fan of that movie. He hosted Escape from New York Minute. You set us up! It's all bullshit! And he he, and uh, his co-host uh, said, "No, we're not going to review minute by minute Escape from L.A., but I watched it and I really enjoyed it. I thought, um, even though it really plays very similarly to Escape from New York, I I think it does a few things better, like give the bad guys a little bit more gravitas and a little bit more motivation um, and give Snake, I wouldn't say more to do, but like just, just, I don't know, more places to see, putting them in more situations. So, yeah, I, I highly recommend Escape from L.A. I know that some of the stuff is kind of wonky. Some of the CGI looks terrible, especially for its time and its budget. Uh, but I think uh, Carpenter and Russell deliver there. Yeah, that is a uh, <clears throat> a polarizing movie. Um, mm-hmm.
1: I also enjoy Escape from L.A. Um, I enjoy Escape from New York and more of a it's like a seriously just like great movie good sci-fi movie. And Escape from L.A. to me feels more like a fun kind of pulpy movie um, that is a little bit self-aware of what they're doing. It's it's kind of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 compared to Chex- uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's kind of like Gremlins 2 compared to the first Gremlins. Um, it's got that kind of feeling where he sort of took this idea and kind of made it an inside joke of itself sort of yes and uh if you watch it through that lens it's fun and because you're right it's just full of wacky characters and the basketball scene is just
0: ridiculous oh it's so good Uh, so funny
1: i know it's so great and like the surfing scene is so bad but i love it (laughs) and uh (laughs) so if you just watch it in that way i think it's enjoyable it's a good like know have a couple beers have some friends over type of you know movie to enjoy it's not something that i would watch in a serious way but no. uh, uh, yeah. did you know that um the john carpenter film ghost uh ghost from mars was uh originally supposed to be escape, escape from, from mars, mars? yeah yes. yeah I, maybe i've talked about that but um that would have been cool and then the whole thing got changed and rewritten and and they never did
0: that but that's a that's a fun idea uh, i've been learning a lot about the series the very short series the escape series uh, by listening to the now playing movie review podcast, one of my favorite mm. podcasts out there, and they reviewed those two movies in the past couple of weeks and it's kind of part of the reason I watched the movie, but also just because it popped up and it was something I had never seen before by John Carpenter and I was really interested and I re- really enjoyed it. And I think that if I remember correctly, I think the hosts all recommended Escape from New York, but two out of three recommended Escape from LA. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember exactly, but it wasn't like, yeah, it wasn't like terribly four terribly against the movie it was just yeah kind of mild on it and yeah I, I recommend it a nice entertaining flick and it goes by really quickly yeah it does i, I think you just can't
1: have high expectations and um, just kind of know what you're getting into and you can really have fun with it mm-hmm. yeah yeah nice all right escape from la all right. i like it
0: yeah. yeah i love it i love LA. <laughs> uh, so jeff where can people find you
1: you can find me on the Twitter. I am Jeff Glover at uh, Carl underscore Hungus three one four. My name is Carl. Is expert?
0: Come find me there. Yeah, come find him. Come find me. What, come. What at are you tweeting? Me. Come, come at me. Don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you uh, tweeting about these days?
1: You know, I've been uh, trying to mostly just tweet and retweet um, things happening in the Black Lives Matter. Movement and protests um trying to spread uh information that I think is valuable um and other than that, I have no uh sports to tweet about and uh <laughs> <laughs> um, there are no new movies coming out to tweet about so um yeah i've been I've been kind of quiet in terms of uh original tweets I've been mostly Retweeting things that I think are important right now. So,
0: awesome. Yeah, yeah. uh you can find. i'm <laughs> Like, what do I do next? Uh, <laughs> what do you want? What do you want to talk about? <laughs> talk about predator. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was the predator and predator too. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> speaking of which are we are we gonna do that I don't know oh that's I don't know it's a, can- <laughs> a conversation for a different day <laughs> it is, it's, it's not a bad conversation but yeah we <laughs> should should be talking probably October or whatever when this <laughs> we're done with predator 1987 you can find predator minute on Twitter at predator minute you can email the show please feel free to email the show I'm looking at my inbox right now for predator minute at gmail.com and uh, unless you are a Nigerian prince emailing, listening, <laughs> offering offering large sums of money, we haven't heard from you. <laughs> so feel free to email the show any corrections or funny stories. Heck, I'll throw you this: if you email the show, I'll read your email on the air hmm. on this kind of on the uh, air, yeah. recycled air, I guess. <laughs> Come on, Copenhagen! You got what you want. Give this people air.
1: <laughs> you know that Predator is very popular in Nigeria,
0: right? <laughs> they can't get enough of it. All the all the princes just heard about this podcast and sending me millions of dollars in offers. That's right. <laughs> I all of our our I download have. numbers come from Nigeria.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, uh they're just they're wonderful people great great people just wonderful wonderful people (laughs) the best people really good guy top guy (laughs) Uh, but you can uh, find the you can join the conversation on Facebook the Predator Minute listeners Palapa target the center of the Palapa target the center of the Palapa target the center of the Palapa hop on there share some rousing stories of times you've held a torch up in the air and screamed (laughs) or that you've heated up metal for some reason. I'm really curious, you metallurgists out there. What what do you do with heated metal? (laughs) (laughs) Let us know. But for everything Predator Minute 86, I've been John Zabriskie. And I am Jeff Glover. And until next time, stick around. Stick around. Stick around. Stick around where are you going for nine seconds <laughs> <laughs> that's hard to do for nine seconds it's hard to do for like two <laughs> I know, I Top of of your I'm, I'm curious How much of that was him and how much of that was uh, added on later. Hmm. Who knows?